sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. I'm Simon Rose. Now it's time for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. I'm joined by Ross Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell. We're going to look at the world of investment from a UK perspective, but this is our last chat of 2021, um, Russ, and we're recording slightly in advance because the holiday season. So we need really, I think, to look back at 2021 and what sort of year it's been for well, should, we, should we make investors. like Janice and look forward and look backwards? Look well, forward you can look into whatever direction you you. You like, the Greek, um, the Roman god, wasn't it? Or was he? It was Roman the two-headed, the two-headed, two-headed god. god. Yes, there you yes. Go. Yeah, look forward and backward at the same time. Yes. Well, where would you want to go first? I mean, it, well, I, a little, I, a little more stable, perhaps, than uh, twenty twenty, which of course is when the pandemic first yeah. hit, and we had that I mean, extraordinary it, it, collapse been, in the market. It, it, it has been an intriguing year. That you've, you have had, actually had quite a wide divergence of performance in that you've had record highs uh, very recently, certainly in the last couple of months, from say the US. Uh, Indian, French, and German stock markets. Uh, the UK, much blighted and benighted though it may be, double-digit percentage return in capital terms with a decent dividend yield on top. Not bad. You lost money if you were exposed heavily to China or Hong Kong or Brazil. Uh, gold didn't do a thing. Uh, Bitcoin went up and down like a fiddler's elbow. And I'd mm. imagine probably for a lot of people, the biggest surprise of the year was oil, which is at, what, 40-odd percent year on year? And I think if you're looking for a for, for something to keep a track on it in 2022, oil is probably going to be huge because a, it affects everybody, whether we're going down to the petrol forecourt or um, uh, heating bills or uh, you know, even the cost of things like plastics. Um, it's huge for corporations because it's a big input cost for an awful lot of them. Uh, it's obviously a hot button topic from an environmental and political point of view. And from the inflation point of view, it's potentially enormous because it is clearly feeding through into producer prices and consumer prices right now. So there'll be a lot of central bankers with a prema out, hoping that oil is flat to down in 2022. Um, and therefore, life being what it is, I suspect the odds are that's not going to happen, because we, 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 we are still, hopefully at least, I know we've got the Omicron variant to consider right now, but hopefully at least um, we're going to see a continuing economic recovery in 2022, if that's the case, energy demand will go up mm. and we are in a situation whereby, you know, we are still seeing um, we are still seeing um, energy um, activity, drilling work being constrained. You know, capex yeah, to sales at the oil, yes. yeah, capex to sales at the oil majors is, is, is at multi-year lows. Insurers are reluctant to get involved. Pension fund managers and financial institutions are getting reluctant to get involved. And although we are clearly working hard to develop renewables alternatives, the chances of them being able to take up the base load slack are, are potentially quite finite. So oil was a big surprise in 2021. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a big surprise in 2022. And obviously then that has implications. And looking at other asset classes, you know, if you were very heavily exposed to government bonds in 2021, you didn't really enjoy yourself very much. Mm. Because, you know, yields did start to go up from a very low base. But because of how, um, you know, again, just like an equity, if the yield goes up, the price is going down. Um, mm. You know, you, you, you are therefore taking quite a lot of pain, in, in particularly in government bonds. And if you draw the charts going back to when, you know, Paul Volcker was chair of the Federal Reserve and Nigel Lawson was Chancellor of the Exchequer here in the UK in the early 1980s, you can persuade yourself that a 30 or 40 downward year year downward trend in bond yields has finally been broken. Now, we've had some false moves there before, um, 
but I think the chances of that 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 trend being broken are probably higher now than they have been for a very long time. There are no guarantees, but I think that again is another major trend that was clear in 2021 and could have very big implications in 2022, particularly if central banks start tightening policy at the same time. Yeah, let's take a, a pause of breath. I mean, one of the things we must talk about is, is inflation, which is virtually the topic of the moment. Back in a moment, though. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors, in which I'm talking to Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell. Um, so, Russ, I mean, one of the topics we've talked about again and again over 2021 is inflation. Um, mm-hmm. We had for a long time, you were casting some doubt about whether central bankers were right about inflation being transitory. If it is, it's certainly transitory at a rather higher level than it has been. Yeah. Um, we've got German inflation, 6 percentish. Uh, we've got American inflation. We've got inflation here. Five percent officially, but seven percent on the old, yeah, on yeah, the old 7. measure. Seven point one on the old retail so price index. Let's how? I mean, how, this is obviously massively important for investors, but mm. I'm slightly surprised that normally in more inflationary times, gold is a good um, yeah, it, hedge. But you mentioned before, gold has done very little this it's, year. It's done nothing, um, and intrigue, uh, and, and I think in a way, mark, financial markets are still kind of taking the side of financial of, of central banks that inflation mm. is transitory and it's a bottleneck coming out of pandemic thing rather than something more entrenched because if financial markets really thought inflation was coming mm. th- there is no reason for the 10-year government bond yield to be what 0.75 percent in the uk and one and change in the us when inflation's at five six seven mm. now i know we have central banks if we're going to be polite influencing bond yields and if we're going to be impolite manipulating bond yes, yields through yes. quantitative easing programs so that that might not be the cleanest comparison that you've got but equally i think if you were to be having you know, i think equally equity stock markets would be in a much bigger tiz than they were if they really thought inflation was coming i mean we've seen select examples of we've discussed before companies like mcbride whose business model at the moment has been badly mangled by inflation but you'd expect a lot more to be put through the mincer before the process had finished, if we really do get inflation. So I think at the moment, given where bond yields are, given where gold is, given where stock prices are, I, I think that markets are still generally taking the, the central bank side of the argument that it's there, there, it's going to be all right, really. Um, and, and so in that respect, again, it is going to be a huge trend for 2022 to watch. And it will influence you know, your bond and equity allocations. And within equities, it will influence value versus growth and developed versus emerging markets it will influence commodities versus equities decisions so huge decisions that you have to take there and again nobody knows what's coming let's be honest central bankers don't because they wouldn't be have you know, be running policies that were emergency policies from 12 years ago if they did um but again i think you probably again it comes back to having a portfolio that try and you know copes with be as stoic as you can and try and be prepared for as many things as you can um, and then you'll have less ground for complaint. And I think, therefore, you, uh, I, I'm sure some degree of bond exposure will, will make sense. You know, I think I'll be more inclined to be increasing commodity weightings than pay, real asset weightings than, than paper and equity weightings, for example. But there's no guarantee I'm right. But at the moment, it, given that central banks were so spectacularly wrong about why inflation would get to this year, um, th- there's no guarantee they're not going to be spectacularly wrong again in 2022, particularly if a lot of the thing, leave monetary policy levers that they can pull have little or no influence over the causes of inflation right now, other than the fact that they have probably kept in, you know, interest rates far too low for far too long. But their scope for raising rates 
quickly is to a degree compromised by how much additional debt there is in the system of over the last 12 well, years. It, so, well, um, given the extraordinary amount of debt, how hmm. do you think that just means the central banks will not be able to increase rates to the degree they want to? Or do you well, think if they do, it's going to actually imperil the financial system as a whole? The, the, the two or three times when they have when there have been attempts to raise rates, either you know, New Zealand, Canada, Australia, or, or even the US, they didn't get very far. And the economy hit the wall quite quickly because of the impact of, of, of even modest interest rate increases. So, you know, just think about it. If the Fed gets interest rates to 3%, that's adding about $850 billion to the, to the US interest bill. Um, it, it, it's, it's, which, given that there's a big squabble over spending a mere quote, $1.5 in the new mm. Build Back Better bill, that's not, an, that's, not an, that's not a comfortable number. Um, and so I think, personally, I think they will try and raise rates, but I'm not sure they'll get as terribly far as perhaps real hard money theorists would like to think they will. And I think interest rates will end up being negative for some time to come, which at least from a government perspective will have the benefit of cutting your debt to GDP ratios and optically making things look a bit better. So that there will be upside in that respect. But it, 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 yeah, I, I think they'll try. How far they get, not so convinced. And what do you think the outcome then is likely to be for private in investors, given that you know interest rates clearly are below the level they would be if, if they were free to float? I, I think there's a danger that bonds are still return free risk by and large. Equally, I think you still need some just because I, 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 there's every, I, I, could, I could be wrong. I haven't got a crystal ball. Mm. But I think in that respect, you know, real stuff will, again, because there might just be a bit of a lot of, oh, you know, a, a bit of a really paper money, not so, you know, a sort of um, the, the prospect that QE won't be sterilized, for example. Um, I think might people make think twice about, again, the relative value of paper money against, against, against real assets. And I think from an equities point of view, it comes back to that theme that we've bashed on about a lot. You probably want to be involved in owners of real assets, dare I say, even property and things like mines. Uh, and I think you probably, again, it comes back to pricing power stocks. You know, they've, they've been ignored. All right, things like Diageo and Halma have, done, have been, and Croda have been brilliant performers, but people haven't really, but they've been seen as kind of quasi growth stocks. But the reason they're quasi growth stocks are, is they have pricing power through an yes. installed base of kit or brands or technological advantage or market, whatever it is. Uh, and I think that, that the stocks that you're already seeing getting taken to the, to the, to the, to the shed at the back are these long term growth stocks that actually have no earnings, no cash flow at all, and are currently in a sort of customer land grab and those profitless prosperity companies, they're already being taken out to the woodshed and cut very substantially in a, in a down 20, 30, 40%. And if, and if you do see inflation or, or rates even creep up a little bit, those are the stocks, if history is any guy, you, you really don't want to be earning and that they've been incredibly yeah. good performance yeah. for a bit. And it feels to me like that, 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 that tide is already turning quite quickly, even if a lot of people haven't noticed. Well, Russ, thank you very much. Thank you for it's all a the help. May I wish everybody a very everybody. prosperous 2022. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yes, thank you very much for guiding us through um, a rather interesting 2021. Let's hope next year is, is perhaps a little less interesting in the uh, um, sense, Chinese sense. Um, that has been Russ Mould. He'll be back with me in the new year talking about the world of investment from a UK perspective in the financial outlook for personal investors. <laughs> Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.